my awesome friends, and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. Hope you all are having an absolutely fantastic day today. And be sure to check out the email that we'll be sending out this morning on the seven days of Christmas, the melatonin sublingual. Will be available on sale today with the coupon code seven days. That's number seven D A Y S on the website at healthmasters.com for the melatonin sublingual. Sure, if that's something you want to try out, very, very effective product helping you and have really, actually, really nice sleep. I, tell you, I usually take about a half of one. I took a half of one last night before I went to bed. And it's funny because I had a buddy of mine that had tried like two or three different brands. He'd been my workout partner for years. And a couple of years back, he was telling me he was having a hard time sleeping. He said people told him to try melatonin. So he bought one from like GNC, bought another one from Walmart. And I don't know what brands they were. They were just where he bought them from. And he said, man, they don't really work. He's like, I got to take a bunch of them. And then I feel all groggy. And I said, well, here, you know, here's a couple of mine. I gave him some out of my bottle. I said, just take like a half of one before you go to bed. And I said, if you wake up, because he, he was a um, – lineman so he gets up really early goes to bed early i said if you wake up though you know like 11 or 12 and he goes to bed at like seven or eight if you go to bed wake up at 11 or 12 i said just take like another quarter one said that way you know put you back in that sleep cycle and he did it and i mean he called me up the next day and he's like man he's like i actually slept really good last night i said there you go that's what happens when you have bioactive melatonin that actually is absorbed in the body i've had people tell me insane numbers of melatonin they've taken and it still doesn't work oh i'm taking like 20 30 milligrams of melatonin from walmart and i still don't sleep good with it and i'm like that's that doesn't sound very healthy dude i don't know what you're taking you shouldn't need 30 milligrams of melatonin to try to get it to work and then they try ours which is you know three milligrams but it's bioactive and all of a sudden they go wow that's that was really effective i only took you know one or two of them last night like three to six milligrams and knocked me out i said imagine that Quality over quantity, my friends. Very, very important thing to understand when you're dealing with high-quality supplements. So be sure to check out the 7 Days Coupon on the website at healthmasters.com. And also, too, the product of the week, the Cortisol Cortisol Buster on sale for the last day today at healthmasters.com. Be sure to check it out. Also, too, one thing that I wanted to bring up, and I saw this, I I continually bring these topics up with recalls because I want to show – the level of hypocrisy that is constantly being displayed between the USDA and the FDA. I do this on purpose. I would let you guys know I'm not doing this just to come up with random stuff. Walmart now is saying that they're going to have to eat a whole lot of money with one of their suppliers, and they're basically going back and forth on who's going to have to cover the cost of it, as Walmart is having to recall 28 states worth of food that they have in their freezer department. You go, 28 states. This stuff's dispersed all over the country. And yeah, it's all over the country. The USDA has now issued a recall for the Innovation Crispy Chicken with Almond Entree. The recall item, which they are now saying is going to include over 6,000 pounds of food, is found in the frozen food section at Walmart grocery stores virtually all across the country. And they said the reason why the Innovation Crispy Chicken with Almonds is basically being completely and totally recalled is because it doesn't have a label on the backside saying it contains shellfish. Now, it has shrimp in the product. It has shrimp in the ingredient list. It has shrimps in the description of it, but it does not have a shellfish warning on the back. So the USDA has said the entire batch of food products all across the country now has to be pulled off the shelf and disposed of. 
that they're no longer allowed to use it, can't send it back. Everything has to be completely and totally disposed of, which I find very interesting. Now, I don't know anything about this product. I really don't. It doesn't sound like something I would eat. It's got shrimp in it, so it's not anything that I'm particularly concerned about not being on the shelf. However, I just want to bring up again the level of hypocrisy when you have the USDA come in and saying you've got to recall 6,000 pounds of food across 28 states because, well, you don't have a shellfish warning label on it, even though it says it has shrimp in it and has shrimp listed on it because, you know, people may have a shellfish allergy, which is very serious. People can have serious shellfish allergy. I get that. But right now we have a RNA gene therapy shot that's still being poised as safe and effective while the VAERS numbers are skyrocketing. While the children's health and side effects are going through the roof right now, we're six months old, they're now getting COVID shots. And somebody sent me an article from one of the uh, natural websites, and it was interesting because it was a photo, and it really kind of put it into perspective, of all the injections, the childhood vaccine schedule, along with the vaccine, or along with the autism rate going up. And what's interesting, you know, in, 19, in 1970, autism rate was one in 10,000. In 1970, one in 10,000 children came down with autism by 1995, which that's after the Vaccine Protection Act got passed in 1987. It went all the way to one in 1,000. That's a huge bump from one in 10,000 to one in 1,000. By the year 2000, just five years later, it was one in 250. By the year 2006, just six years later, it was one in 110. By 2018, it's one in 59, and currently right now, as of 2020, it's one in 54. So from 1995, we went from one in 1,000, which is when the Vaccine Protection Act went into place seven years before that, to now currently one in 54 – and nobody seems to be even remotely concerned that the injections that they're continually adding to the shot schedule on a yearly basis could just possibly, possibly be causing some of these side effects with these children and increasing the autism rate. Considering the fact that the only other thing that's significantly changed is the composition of food quality and the aspect of being exposed to considerable amounts of pesticides and herbicides now. That's really about the only thing that's changed since 1995. Glyphosate and other things have become much more prevalent. But other than that, the only thing that's really changed is this massive shot schedule, all the way from HEP B at one to two months, RV at two months, DTAP at two months, HIB at two months, PCV13 at two months, IPV at two months, RV again at four months, DTAP at four months, HIB at four months, PV13 at four months, IPV at four months, flu at six months, hepatitis B again it's six months and they literally just cycle it over and over and over again. And you can, you can look at the list here. Then they start the MMR. Then they start the Varsella. Then they start the hepatitis A. They do go to the tap again. And now of course we've added the COVID shot in there. If the USDA and the FDA are so actively involved in being concerned about a warning label on a food that's all across the country, don't you think if it was about health and protection, they'd be a little bit more concerned and ask the question why we have the autism rate now, 1 in 54, which they're saying now I think by 2030 or 2025, that's got numbers on that. They're talking about going to be down to like 1 in 25. I mean the numbers continue to go up every single year, yet nobody seems to bat an eyelash. Everybody continues to take their child to their pediatrician 
doesn't ask a question, doesn't think anything's weird, when they continually prick them over and over and over and over again, when in most cases it's unknown unknown injections, unknown liquid, according to the parents. They don't know what's in it. Granted, if you pull the vaccine insert sheet out, you'll get a real eyeful of what's actually in those injections. And yet they continue to tell you it's for your health. It's for your child's safety and protection. You know, we're giving them 78 immunizations for their, you know, it's for their safety and protection as they get older. Now, what's interesting about it is you look at all these injections, and I've told you guys before that majority of children, you know, their immune system doesn't even really develop until they're about 18 months to 24 months really actually start to kick in. Before that, they're just a growing child. The mother, they're completely dependent on the mother. They're getting a lot of the nutrients. They're getting antibodies from the milk. That's why it's so important to breastfeed. And the mom, the mother, will actually produce different antibodies based on the saliva from the child and what's going on with the child. So if the child's getting sick with something, the mother will actually produce antibodies. It's very unique. I never knew this until Lana got pregnant and we started having kids. How incredibly – I mean it's incredible how women are and what they can do as far as with childbirth. But yet – you have over, I think, 25, 30 shots before the time, by the time they're 18 months old. But yet their immune system's not developed. Does anybody else see a serious problem with that than I do? I seriously have a problem with it. While at the same time, we're recalling 6,000 pounds of food because it doesn't have a shellfish warning when it clearly says it has shrimp and shrimp on the label and shrimp on the ingredients. Oh, you've got to pull all that off shelf. It's going to be fully recalled and disposed of. Just like we said before, all of a sudden, 10,000 pounds of beef has to be called in because somebody somebody said it has a, a metallic sheen to it when they took the wrapper off of it. So, uh, yeah, we had a complaint, so you got to recall 10,000 pounds of beef. This right here is the lunacy that we see that has no bounds. And in most cases, in my opinion, either these companies uh, have done something and BlackRock, State Street, and Vanguard are trying to – how should I say, reduce their value as a company so they can come in and buy them and basically turn their factory into the Walmart great value brand label, or simply a lot of these foods are being taken somewhere else to feed other people. A lot of people say, oh, well, maybe this is going to you know the underground bases. I don't think they're putting crispy chicken with almond innovations in underground bases. Remember a couple, what was it, eight, nine months back when we had the massive, massive shortage of uh, baby formula. Remember that? All of a sudden, the factory had to get shut down and it couldn't produce baby formula. It was a topic of discussion. All these, and it was a serious problem in some areas. They, people went in, there was no baby formula. People were charging, you know, $150, $200 a can for baby formula on eBay and Amazon. And then suddenly, one of our state representatives went down the border of Texas and went to a couple of the holding sites where they're holding the massive migrants coming across the border. And she has it on video. I post it on the website. I'll see if I can find it again. If people want to see it again or you can look it up. You Google it and search it or, or internet search it. And pallets among pallets among pallets stacked of baby formula at the southern border holding detention centers. Pallets. I mean as far as you could see in some areas. I mean stacked. Dozens. And all of a sudden she going – she goes – well, we allegedly have a baby formula shortage all across the country because one factory had to shut down for a month, but yet we have these detention centers that are racked to the ceiling with pallets of baby formula. Does nobody else see a problem with this? Does nobody else see a problem with why in the world we're having these random recalls out of nowhere and all of a sudden this food just suddenly has to disappear? 
now, I mean, if anybody hasn't looked at the memo going on right now with this Title 42 being dissolved, which is the Trump-era border policy, which is going to expire tomorrow, they're now saying that border towns now in a lot of Texas are starting to arm up with militias because they are unbelievably nervous about what's starting to happen because of the migrant caravans that are being funneled intentionally, in my opinion, and funded blatantly through George Soros and other groups that are being transferred to the southern border. In my opinion, I think this is an evading force that it has been for the last couple of years. Remember when they were talking about how this group down from Argentina, 60,000 persons strong, was walking up from Argentina and was going to walk all the way to the southern border. And they're showing all these photos on Reuters and AP, all these people walking. There's a lot of people. And when I brought up the discussion, I said, how do you transport 60,000 people on foot for 2,600 miles through partially through the Amazon and through South America? How do you feed 60,000 people? Answer is you can't unless you have massive tactical support. You're talking about a standing army. You're talking about 100,000 pounds of food a day that is going to be ingested by that many people in order to sustain them with the amount of calorie expenditures they're going to be using walking that long for what I think I did the math on it. It was going to be a minimum two to three months to make that journey. And the answer was it it was impossible. Somebody was funding it just like somebody's funding it right now. So again – Support to everybody in Texas right now, the National Guard and everybody else there. This is an interesting situation that's starting to occur, and this wasn't something that was just new or just snuck up on everybody. We've seen this happening now for the last two years, and suddenly now they're pretending like, oh, Title 42 is dissolving. What are we going to do? Well, it's a southern border of the United States of America. You arm it. You protect it at all costs because it's the border of our country. It's not a difficult concept. We're giving $62 billion just in the last seven months to Ukraine with every single advanced weapon platform system to fight a proxy war. Now we're giving another $28 billion, but yet the budget for the Border Patrol is like – I think their entire yearly budget for the entire Border Patrol is roughly $50 billion. We've given more money to Ukraine in the last seven months than our entire Border Patrol gets in a year in the United States. Maybe there's a problem there. Maybe we need to address that situation. Maybe people need to start talking about that, including on mainstream media, instead of just fear-mongering stuff. Why are we sending all this money to Ukraine and saying the Border Patrol needs to be unfunded because we don't have enough cash to give them while we're literally handing buckets of money, armament, surface-air missiles, and drones to a country that isn't even in NATO? Just thought question I thought I'd throw out there. What do you think, Dad? Well, often the border crisis is all planned. It's all part of the destruction of the United States. They're not going to stop doing that. I mean, Trump didn't stop doing that. I mean, Trump, you know, made a bunch of yelling, a bunch of screaming about building a border, you know, wall. And then Congress stopped him and the military wouldn't listen to him. I mean, the government's being run, you know, by a shadow government. We know that. We know the politicians are corrupted. We know that they're blackmailed. Uh, They're not going to change anything. They want this is all part of Cloward and Piven. This is all part of bringing in a huge amount of people to overwhelm the social welfare systems in the United States and to basically destroy the republic. That's what this is. I mean, we we see that. I mean, you know, even the U.S. dollar, which has gained a lot of strength about seven, eight months ago, has dropped almost seven percent now against the Swiss franc in the last seven, eight months. I mean, all these things are being done on purpose to come in and undermine the fabric of our society. And it's all part of it. And, and once we understand that and we talk about this at depth all the time. We begin to realize that more and more and more that as Christians, we're not of this world. 
because this world is completely and totally corrupt. I mean, the greatest nation that's ever been in the history of the world is the United States, period. Just period. You know, the Roman Empire was just a, just a heathen group of people that were running around doing things, and the Christian church finally took it over in 300. And for a little while, they tried to make it better, and then it got worse and worse and worse with corruption with that, you know, with Constantine and the rest of it, bringing in all the pagan symbols and symbology into Christianity and, into, 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 and basically corrupting Christianity. We see that happen in 323 AD. So all of this stuff is something that we need to understand that we're not part of. And we have to understand that we are of Christ, and when we become a Christian and we become part of God's creation through him, everything changes. This morning I was praying, and the Holy Spirit kind of showed me something, that, you know, we see death differently than God does. You know, when we have a person that we love and they leave this earthly plane and they go on to be with God in heaven, we have the ability at that point to basically understand that they're not here anymore, but we can't see them anymore. So we go through a very, very, very intense withdrawal period in which we miss them and we love them and we wish they were back. But once they leave here, they don't wish they were back, honestly. Uh, they may still think, I guess, a little bit about what's happening down here and what's going on down here. And we see that all the time with people praying and being led by the Holy Spirit. And we can talk about that more in depth at a later show. But the reality is this. I mean, we talked about that once you know, with Nicodemus, not with Nicodemus, with the rich man and Lazarus. And they were talking about stuff while they were in heaven. But I'm not going to go into that, into that again today. But God doesn't see death as death. He just sees it as you're coming home as a Christian, period. And, and you got to get that. You see, we're not of this world. We're foreigners in a distant land, so to speak, dealing with all of this garbage that goes on around us. You know, Ephesians uh, 1, uh, chapter 7, verse, verse, chapter 1, verse 17, Paul says it this way, I keep asking that God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance to his holy people. That would be the guys who accept Christ and his incomparably great power for us who believe. Now, again, I'm going to repeat this. I've said this several weeks in a row. The power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above the rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in this present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet, this is under Jesus' feet, and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. And we need to understand who we are as Christians. And that's the biggest problem. I was speaking to a friend of mine this morning. And so many people have raised children who basically have left the faith. And we see a great falling away now of people in the church who basically at one time really loved God. They really wanted to be part of God's creation. They were raised in the churches, and suddenly they kind of just step away and say, you know, we don't want to be a Christian anymore. And this is creating a mass exodus of Christianity. In fact, there's a really interesting article here on Grid. It says the mass exodus from Christianity is underway in America, and here's why. It's less about hot-button topics like abortion and gay marriage and more about – hang on one second. I've got this silly iPad doing weird things now. And it's, and it's talking about what's going on as far as people are not being fed in the churches anymore. And the churches basically are, are finding out very quickly that the people don't want to be there any longer. And he goes, he goes on to say why the number of Christians who celebrate Christmas as a cultural holiday is going strong. There's been a shocking rise in the number of people ditching Christianity, what sociologists call these moments. 
And, and what we have here is happening is, you know, we, we have a situation where Christians are not being taught what Christianity really is anymore. They're being taught the name it, claim it, blab it, grab it stuff that we talk about so many different times. And now people are leaving Christianity in droves and the demographics that are seeing the ungodliest declines. There's a book called, in his book, Nonverts, The Making of Ex-Christian America, came out in the U.S. on December the 1st. It says young adults are leading the mass exodus. This is, this is made clear that it's important that it's not all gloom to young adult converts as having one big reason for leaving the church. Each person has a complex story when you recognize the personal journey. And he said the largest demographic nonverts, younger adults, will raise their children as nons from a religious, non-religious family. And while a tiny percentage of nonverts return to Christianity later, none rarely embraces the religion of the point, at any point in their life. And, and the reason they're doing this and the reason that so many people have left Christianity and and they and they and they you you pray the you know, parents are praying for them to come back is they don't understand the power of Christianity and what it is. They don't understand what it is from an energy field standpoint. We've talked about that so many times on the show. They don't understand what the blood of Jesus really does for them. They don't see it as a useful purpose. In fact, a survey was done a few years ago and they said that Christianity and churches were insignificant in their in their effect on the general society. And, and, and the Kabbalist Luciferian group that runs the planet, runs Hollywood, they understand this. And they're constantly bringing people in to their way of thinking through all of the, how should I, filthy, filthy TV shows they're putting out. The perfect example, you know, I've got a lot of folks that I know that, that watch this TV show Yellowstone. And Yellowstone now has come out with a full-blown homosexual queer kiss. You know, in the latest episode, and this is from Variety Magazine, Variety.com, it says Yellowstone Season 5, Episode 7, The Craziest Moments and Burning Questions from a Murderous Cowboy to the Show's First Queer Kiss. And then, then you look at it a little bit further, it actually makes, you know, one of the gay websites, and it says Yellowstone surprises fans with a random gay kiss. And, you know, and what they're doing here is the same thing that Netflix has done. Now, Net, you know, Yellowstone has left Netflix, but what the reality is is that – this is what the Hollywood Kabbalists do all the time. I've done extensive shows on this before. They want to bring this concept in the people that are straight heterosexuals. And quite frankly, a lot of Christians like to watch Yellowstone, even in spite of all of the sex and the bad language, et cetera, et cetera, because at least it shows macho cowboys running around doing macho things. And they think, well, it's better than watching you know, the queer Hallmark Channel now whatever they've done with a Hallmark channel. And so they finally have now realized that, you know, what they do is they infiltrate these shows one season, two season, three season, four season, five seasons down the road. And they start putting this stuff in and all of a sudden society then starts to accept it as being normal. And, and this happens all of the time. And I had a, I had a friend of mine write me a text this morning and it was really good. He goes, unfortunately, that's the reality of the U S right now, all due to media allowing it to become the norm. And again, the media is owned by State Street, Vanguard, and BlackRock, and the bloodline families who at the highest levels practice Kabbalah, which believe that God is an hermaphrodite, and the closest expression they could possibly have to their God is to become homosexual or gay or transgender. This is the group that runs the planet, and you've got to understand that. You think, well, well, that doesn't make any difference. It's not really affecting us or the Republican Party. Oh, it doesn't? Contraire. Here we go. Trump now hosts a gala for homosexual Republicans. At Mar-a-Lago, after Biden signs the Same-Sex Marriage Act, Trump says, quote, we are fighting for the gay community. and We're fighting and fighting hard, said Trump at a gala with the log cabin Republicans and a slate of pro-homosexual rhino speakers. This is the 11th commentary on ongoing series on the problematic rise of the LBG influence. This particular website called LifeSite News. Just two days after Biden signed the so-called marriage 
Respect for Marriage Act and the law, LGBT Republicans celebrated its enactment at a gala event at Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago hosted by the former president himself. Trump was there supporting. Remember, he said he wanted to be the most pro-homosexual supporting presidency in the history of the White House. He said that. Just remember that. Don't, don't, don't give him a pass on that. Trump was joined by Arizona's 2022 GOP gubernatorial candidate, Carrie Lake, you know, in an array of high-profile gay cons, homosexual conservatives, including former director of national intelligence Rick Grinnell, a Trump appointee, and frequent Tucker Carlson guest commentator Chadwick Moore. Fox News, Tammy Bruce, a lesbian, received the Spirit of Lincoln Award from the Log Cabin Republicans. The GOP LGBT organization was sponsored the event. The last year's recipient was former First Lady Melania Trump. No comment. Here's the thing. Instead of celebrating the passage and enactment of the new law, President Trump and Kerry should have seized the opportunity to renounce it. And instead of congratulating the 500 or so gay cons gathered in the Mar-a-Lago's ballroom, Trump and Lake should have asked these men and women to show they are truly conservatives by forming an immutable definition of marriage as conjugal and complementary and repudiating the RMA. Although Trump reportedly did not mention the new law in his speech, he did proclaim we are fighting for the gay community. We're fighting and fighting hard. With the help of many people here tonight in recent years, our movement has taken incredible strides. The strides you've made here is incredible, added the former Republican president and declared 2024 candidate. According to Politico, Carrie Lake employed the foul employed foul language, filthy language, to address the crowd, saying, We just had such a huge movement going into an election day to watch these people, these evil blank while she's cussing, and hearing that, to watch them steal this election in broad daylight. So what they're doing is they're normalizing the homosexual agenda. In the Republican Party, and Trump's leading the charge on this. So in case you guys still want to continue to support him for the 2024 election, I still would rather have DeSantis in there. Of course, I'm not sure what DeSantis really believes, too, at this point until he gets into the White House. But the reality is this, is that how much of this do we want to tolerate? I'm asking you guys a question now as Christians. I love you guys. I prayed for you this morning. Are you going to continue to watch Yellowstone? After now, they're openly embracing homosexuality and, and lesbian kisses in this. Are we, are we going to go ahead and support Yellowstone? Are we going to continue to watch that? Well, let me ask you another question. Are you going to continue to support the open grooming of Disney and go to the Disney theme parks? Are we going to support that? I mean, where do we draw the line as Christians? You know, there's an old show. It was back in the 70s. It was called Fiddler on the Roof. It was, I think it was some, some guy named Topol was the head guy on there. And he was basically, uh, you know, the, the, the fiddler. He was the guy who was the Jewish guy. And they were talking about the customs of the Jewish people. And he said something very interesting in the movie. And I remember this. I saw it many years ago. He said, if you pull out the plug in the boat, where does it stop filling with water? If you pull out the plug. And isn't that a question we have to ask ourselves? Doesn't the Bible say in Ephesians to stand firm and put on the full armor of God and to stand, to dig in, and no matter what else happens, to stand against this stuff? But as Christians in many cases, and gosh almighty, it's it's awful to see this. You know, we've continued to allow ourselves to compromise the word of God based upon the traditions of men or because of the media or because people are saying, well, you don't want to be a bigot. Well, I'm going to stop here for a second. Let me explain something to you about bigotry. You know, if if you are diametrically opposed to another person's value system, you're bigoted towards them, period. If I'm diametrically opposed to little boys being raped by adult men because they're pedophiles, that makes me a bigot towards these rapists. And because of my belief in Christianity, it makes me stand my ground against this. But, you know, many of these young guys who became homosexuals were raped and sodomized by older men. This is what happens to a lot of these guys, not to mention the hormonal influence during, you know, they're being while they're being in their mother's womb, while they're in utero. All of these things directly impact all of this stuff. 
But does that mean we're supposed to sit now back and support Donald Trump when he has this big homosexual convention with, you know, rhino Republicans down there with the log cabin Republicans or whatever they're called in Mar-a-Lago and say we're going to embrace them now because it's a bigger agenda now and we're not going to talk about their lifestyle. Isn't this what happened with Sodom and Gomorrah? Remember, when you lose Christianity as a foundational basis, or if you never had Christianity like Sodom and Gomorrah in the first part of Genesis, every evil of every every thought of every man was going evil. And then what happened is Sodom and Gomorrah happened after the flood. It just returned back to the same thing. If you don't have the word of God as a template, as a benchmark for you in your life, what ends up happening is you're tossed to and fro by all these different teachings, these different doctrines that you don't really know what's going on because you're confused and you start to accept this stuff. And we can't do that. So if I don't like homosexual men raping little boys, and that's the lifestyle they're trying to promote and trying to normalize, and sometimes, in fact, some people believe they're actually trying to legalize this, sex with minors, then does that mean I'm a bigot towards these gay guys that are doing this that are basically pedophiles? The response is yes, I'm a bigot for those people right there. Yes, that's true. I am. I accept that. So if that's a name-calling that we want to do, then go ahead and accept it for the definition that it is. But realize that we're supposed to be standing on the Word of God, and, and the Word of God says this is not okay in the book of Romans. It talks about it all throughout the New Testament as far as what's okay with the lifestyles that people choose and what they don't choose. And realize that there's certain things that just aren't going to work for God that he doesn't like. So does that mean we need to continue to support them and buy their products or watch their TV shows? My response is no. I remember years ago, Sharon and I used to watch Dancing with the Stars. I mean, she was all about dancing. She loved to dance. And I remember it was the craziest thing. All of a sudden, they bring in that Chaz Bodo guy as a transgender and you know, and, and, uh, and they bring they bring him in. She was a girl, and he's dancing in this. And I looked at Sharon and I said, "I'm done. I'm out." I said, "I'm not going to support this. I'm not going to endorse this." That was it. We turned that show off. And we never watched it again. I still haven't watched it again. I'm not going to support that. I can't. <clears throat> As a Christian, we've been called to a higher level of accountability. And if we continue to support the things of the world and give them our money, you say, "Well, I don't give them my money." Okay, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yellowstone has commercials in it. Yellowstone has a lot of commercials in it, all right? Who do you think is paying for these shows? These people that are paying for the commercials are paying to be on, which is paying for the show, and they're promoting their agenda. And you indirectly, by the Nielsen reports and the ratings that they're able to charge for their advertising dollar, you're paying for their content. You, you the consumer, you're paying for the content, which is being then subsidized via the advertising dollars. That's why on the Ted and Austin Brewer show, we don't do advertisers. We've chosen years ago not to do that because I'm not going to be told what to do. I remember uh, Doug Hagman told me one time that he had some people that were coming in and basically telling him that they were advertisers, that if he didn't cut this out, this out, this out, and this out, they were going to stop giving him advertiser dollars. And I remember Doug said – and I said, I said, Doug, what are you going to do? He says, I, I, I quit using them for advertisers. I'm not going to have them tell me what I can and can't say. So where do we draw the line with the Frankfurt School? Where do we draw the line with cultural Marxism? Where do we draw the line with satanic Hollywood? And we say, how about no? How about I'm not going to do that? Where do we draw the line with Disney and buying Disney products? Where do we draw that line? Are we going to continue to support a group of people that we know are openly combative to Christianity and anti-Jesus? Are we really going to do that or not? And my response is I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to support these guys because I don't want to be part of that. The Bible is very clear. It says, coming out from among them, be ye separate. That's not the unclean thing. And we need to understand. You say, well, Ted, you're drawing a really hard line right now. I am drawing a hard line. That's why I turned off my TV. I turned off my TV years ago. I no longer have cable. 
I do have streaming services, and I very rarely ever watch Netflix. I mean, it's, I haven't watched it in months and months because I'm not gonna I'm not gonna watch their original movies because all their original movies they do the same thing. They always throw gay stuff into it. Always throw gay stuff into it. Also, always throw gay stuff into it because the same group of Kabbalists that are running the New York Theater District and the same group of Kabbalists that are running Hollywood are the same group of Kabbalists that promote the gay agenda. Many of them are in fact homosexuals. So why am I gonna support that and give them money? So well, well, Ted, this is not walking in love. Yes, it is. I don't have a problem as far as having a person who's outside of God's will, me praying for them and loving them as far as an individual that God has created and wanting them to come back to repentance. But I'm not going to endorse their lifestyle. I'm not going to do it. And if we continue to allow ourselves to do this kind of stuff and support the ways of the world and stand against God Almighty's word, why are we doing that? We've got to stand up for what we believe, and this is the problem we have in the churches. This is why the churches will not address the gay issue. This is why the churches won't address so many different things now because they don't want to lose people coming into the church. And so what they end up doing in aggregate is accepting these types of lifestyles through just, how should I say, not talking about them and not doing what the Word of God says. And this is one of the reasons that we're having this massive exodus of the church, of the kids and the church, because the church goes, the kids go, well, the world says this is okay, and the church won't address it, so therefore the church has to basically indirectly be supporting this, so why am I supporting this church? Because they're no different than the world. I just said that, didn't I? If they're no different than the world because of their endorsements and what they believe or, what their, or their lack of saying something against certain types of lifestyle, then why in the world are we in a situation that we're supporting any of this stuff, guys? And see, that's the whole thing that we as Christians have to do. We have to step back. Uh, yesterday, I got a letter in from one of our listeners. It was interesting because yesterday I talked about going to church. And, you know, of course, when I'm talking about going to church, I'm talking about going to a Christ-centered church that basically is preaching the truth. You guys know that. But then we run into another problem, don't we? If you don't have one of those churches in your areas and you're not conducting regular religious services and you have young children at your home or having groups of people coming to your house that are talking about the truth, then how are the children supposed to be getting exposed to God and Jesus and seeing a godly group of people meeting together on a regular basis? Because the Bible says in Hebrews 10.25, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together, as some of you are in the matter of doing. So we've got to have a balance on that too. You know, we've got to teach the children the word of God. We've got to help the children understand who Christ is and the power of the blood that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. And if we understand that and we teach that and we promote that to the children, this is going to change everything as far as our Christian values and our children. So, guys, stand as an example for yourself. It's what you believe. It's what you believe with Christ and the, and the values that he gave you through the word of God. Always do that. And remember, if we do that, we then become the example to our families. We become the example to the people in our church, and we just stand against the tyranny and the horrible stuff that we're doing in the government. And I'm going to say it again. We're trying to find a spiritual solution using politics. There's no such thing. You're going to never have a spiritual solution you know, to political rot. It won't help. You've got to have a spiritual solution to all of this stuff in which God comes in and infuses you and has a great revival that's going to come in. But you're not going to find a political solution to a spiritual rod. It won't work that way. And we can't continue – and I said that wrong a second ago, but you can't find a political solution to a spiritual problem. But, this is, but that's the most important thing we need to understand. It's constantly trying to find a new candidate to fix this, and it's not going to fix it. We've got to get the churches to be resurrected. I've got a good friend of mine, Velma. I met her at the Bible convention you know, a few weeks ago up in, up in D.C. a few months ago, and she's trying to put a group, group of patriots together. And, you know, I'll give you her number, anybody who wants it, and you can talk to her about coordinating this as far as – she calls it the Black Robe Regiment. 
getting the pastors in the pulpit to start speaking the truth. Now, are we going to get hammered for doing that? You bet we are. I get hammered for doing what I'm doing right now with you guys. I don't care anymore. I'm going to preach the word of God and the word of God on compromise to the best of my ability all the days of my life because I've realized I'm called to the different level of accountability that most people are because I'm in a leadership role. And as leaders, we have to be willing to make the decisions. I talked to Austin about this yesterday. We had a lunch with Savannah. We had her, it was her birthday yesterday. And, and I said, leadership does what it has to do regardless of the consequences or the blowback. You get generals and you've got colonels that are in a, you know, in a theater of war, and they have to get projected casualties as far as how many men are they going to lose. We saw this in the World War II movies all the time. Well, we're going to lose 10 percent or we're going to lose 5 percent or we're going to lose 30 percent. Look at, look at D-Day, how many thousands of men were lost in storming the, bridges of, the, the beaches of Normandy. They knew they were going to have a huge amount of people die when they did that, and they did. But they had to still order it to be done that way. Well, that's the same thing as Christianity, isn't it? We know we're going to have blowback from certain things that we believe and certain things that we say, and we need to realize. And leadership, especially as in a family unit, if you have a husband and a wife working with kids, sometimes you've got to make hard decisions with children. Dobbs has said something a long, long time ago. He said, love must be tough. Well, you can say it a different way. Love must show leadership. And there's a certain point in time when you need to realize that your leadership and your family is going to be absolutely critical for the development of the family. Are you the one husband? That's taking and telling your children, we're going to pray together this morning before you go to school. Ladies, if you're by yourself, are you the ones telling your children we're going to pray together? Are you going to pray together at night? Are you going to pray out loud together? Who takes the authority of doing this? Who, who, who deals with the blowback? See, we've got to understand it doesn't matter what we do if we're following the word of God. God is going to be there for us, and he's going to support us. We've got to get that. But we've got to stand firm in his word and what his word says. And if we do that, then we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Then he's going to be there for us, and it's like that, the chapter in Ephesians for us. You know, so you're going to have that power that raised Jesus from the dead living within you and allowing you to do all kinds of miracles and being led by the Holy Spirit. That's why it's so important that we stand our ground and we dig in and we say, no, we're not going to do this. So there are a lot of shows. I was watching – I've watched some Netflix programs before. I really was enjoying them. I really was. And they start with the queer stuff. And I'm, my response is always the same thing. Done, done, done. I mean, immediately when they start that, I'm done. I'm not going to tolerate it, guys. And if everybody starts doing that, they'll stop doing it to some degree because they're going to realize they're going to lose their advertising dollars unless they're being underwritten by the Rothschild, Kabbalist, Luciferian banking network that's going to continue to push the agenda to drag more and more and more people into the ditch. One person at a time, one person at a time, one person at a time. Look what they did with all the propaganda they did on the vaccines. Look at how they started pushing people with peer pressure. You can't visit your grandchildren if you don't get the shot. You can't get on an airplane if you don't get the shot. You can't keep your job if you don't get the shot. That's the extent of their resolve. Remember when Biden was talking about going door to door with National Guard ejecting people two years ago when he got into office? Remember that? That's the, we all blew back on it. Said, Absolutely not. We're going to stand our ground. We're not going to put up with that. And they got the algorithm off, off the Internet. They said, oh, wow, that one didn't work. We got to back off. It's the algorithms that run the entire planet because of AI and AI computer systems that are being tied together in a D-wave, D-wave computer that are saying, okay, they're ready for this. They're ready for this. They're ready for the next move. They're ready for the next step. When do we say no to the D-wave computer? And when we say no to it, there's only what, what thousands of 1% of these guys running around. There's nothing. There's a few hundred thousand of them on the entire planet. They can't control us if we don't allow them to do it. We've got to stand our ground and say no to this stuff. I mean, I haven't been to Disney in years and years and years. And I was talking to Austin about it yesterday at lunch. I used to love going to Jared Deli's over there. You walk in, 
you wouldn't have to bring ice cream into your house. You could buy some ridiculously overpriced ice cream Sundays, which tasted really good. And you'd have the kids go with you, and you could, they all fight over who got to share the ice cream. And, and we had a good time with that, had a lot of memories with that. But now you've got to go through metal detectors. You get wanded down and all the other stuff. They put you in a giant parking garage. looks like a doggone prison complex, and you've got to follow the line all the way down and make sure you walk single file and go through their doggone security checkpoints. Heck with that. For ice cream? Whatever. When do we say no to this anymore? And, guys, if we, if we continue to comply, if we continue to capitulate, what's going to happen is they're going to continue to take us to slope, down the slippery slope to hell on an ongoing basis. We can't allow that, guys. We have to say no to this. We've got to stand our ground. We've got to do everything we possibly can to delay this thing as far long as we possibly can as far as the loss of the United States and the fall of America. And I know I got real preachy this morning, but, you know, I saw this stuff this morning with Yellowstone. I saw this stuff with Trump and the Toronto Republicans. And I'm just, I'm just like, you know, bleh, I've had enough of it. Where do we draw the line? Austin, where do we draw the line? Your turn. Well, my line's already been drawn on a lot of topics. Most people know that I, my stance on that is one of the reasons why I don't go back to Disney, just like with Jared Daly. We were talking about that last time. I used to have a blast going there and getting Sundays and stuff, and I would love to take my kids there, except I'm not going to go give them money. I'm not going to support a company that's diametrically opposed to my freedom, my ability to stay armed safely. You know, I'm not a any type of a threat to anyone as far as when I go out in public. I'm actually very, very well-trained and the fact of well, the way I was treated last time at Disney and numerous other times and the way they continue to treat people like they're going on the cattle cars and going in, you know, getting cattled in to be just, you know, like sheep cattle just to get, you know, bolted right in the skull, like drop over and you just butcher them. That's how you feel when you go over there. So I haven't been over there in years and years. I'm sure it's way worse now than it was even back then. And I've always had that, that question in my mind, especially when it comes to, non-essential stuff like that you know i know a lot of people that have been involved in businesses and companies and traveling they had to deal with stuff with tsa and traveling and sometimes as you know that was their only form of income and they're supporting their family or they're supporting multiple family members and you know they're doing what they have to and they comply with it through some things with tsa and other things that happen and, and i get that to some extent i mean i know sometimes there's certain things that it's rough when you have numerous people relying on solely you and you've got to pick up the slack and do what you have to do uh, but, you know, stuff like Disney, guys, that's totally non-essential. It's absolutely non-essential. In fact, it's grossly overpriced. I was talking to somebody the other day, and they said a platinum annual pass, which is like the – it's pretty much like the no, no, um, no blackout dates, you know, priority parking, blah, 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 the whole, whole platinum pass on there. It's up to like fifteen or $1,600 per person per year, meaning if you get four passes, so to speak, as far as for you know, a, a four-person family, that's $6,400. $6,400 for four people to have platinum passes to Disney. Guys, that's $530 a month. That's as much as a decent car payment. To go to Disney so you can continue to pay money to continue to have your children indoctrinated. And then when you get there, it's not like anything's free. World's most expensive turkey legs and hot dogs and wa bottled water and balloons. The thing's a cash cow. Absolutely. Why do you think Vanguard's the number one investor? Because ah, it breaks in billions of dollars a year. It's a cash cow, and at the same time, you're paying money to have your children indoctrinated, and you're paying money to be treated like a cow. 
to be cattle guarded through, to walk through x-ray machines and metal detectors and wand you down and treat you like a complete and total low-life peasant piece of garbage. You're paying money to endure that. Never understood that concept. Obviously, some people have a different mindset than me, and that's okay. Some people can have completely different opposing mindsets. That's part of the United States. However, people that are awake, people that are mature, people that are patriots, people especially that are Christians and they're Americans, you can't talk out of both sides of your mouth. I know there's certain things that sometimes people get compromised on, and there's certain things, like I said, they have to do if they're with business and trying to make things happen. But you can't sit there and say I'm a strong Christian and I support Christian values and I support a nuclear family. I continue on to raise my children right. I'm doing the best I can to stand up as a patriot and then turn around and go blow $1,600 per person on annual passes to Disney. I mean, you can, I guess, but I mean, you're, you're double-minded. You're speaking out of both sides of your mouth with your behavior, with what you're spending money on with these, this company. And then you look and you see like their, their agenda, what they're doing. So I, I talked to somebody about this a while back ago and they go, well, I don't, I don't know if that's necessarily their agenda is complete, you know, pedophilia. And I said, oh, that's their agenda with the transgenders. I said, 100%, you can put money on it right now. It may not be in six months it comes out blatantly. It may not be in 12 months. It may not be in two or three years. I said, but it will come out, and it will be soon. And when it does, a lot of people are going to be completely and totally shocked by it, and they're going to be like, how in the world did we reach this point where we have grown men now coming in and doing this to young children, and it's totally legal? There's a reason why in California – And in many other liberal states, they're trying to say now the age of consent for gender transition therapy, including hormone replacement therapy and surgeries, is now 13 years old without parental consent. Ridiculous. The reason why they're doing this, guys, is they're trying to justify and state that a 13-year-old has the ability to gauge in any type of sexual changes, including sexual behavior, at 13 years of age. That's what they're doing. They're trying to lower the age of consent with sexual engagements. That's what they're doing with this. You know, why is it that you have to be 18 to get into an adult bar, but yet it's family friendly to bring your children to drag queen story hour libraries? The two do not go together. The two topics, they are completely opposed. You can't be family friendly while you have a grown man in lingerie exposing himself to children. But yet it's gaslighting in its finest example. You're bringing children in. You're saying it's family-friendly while you're exposing them as young children, and they're confusing them. I've told you guys repeatedly, I worked on all types of childhood psychology in my undergraduate program. Children mimic what they see. They have no filter in. They have no filter out at a young age. If you display them and you show them continual footage of this type of perversion over and over and over again, they will 100% accept it, and they will embrace it. And they will start to project it in their own behavior. It is a 100% documented fact this will happen. But yet everybody wants to pretend like this isn't happening. Oh, this is totally normal. You can't say anything about it. Perfect example on what their agenda is. Ms. Cracker, something I don't even know. I I saw this earlier on Breitbart. And when I read it, I, I was shocked, but then I wasn't. Some tranny gay contestant on RuPaul's Drag Race. I have no idea what any of this stuff is. But she did an interview. And... They went on – she went on to say – this is what he – well, he said, I guess you could say. He went on to say here, 
said to say that Christmas is about traditional values or values of any kind anymore is pretty ridiculous. Christ is nowhere featured in this. In America, if you look at the way people knock down doors of shopping centers, I think you can tell we've separated Christ from Christmas a long time ago. I think any opportunity we have to kick down traditional family values is welcome. The way of thinking about family is old and tired, and we need to reinvent it. I think that Whose Holiday does that. This is a big drag show they're putting on. I guess it's Whose Holiday. It makes fun of family, and I think it talks about chosen family and talks about friends that really matter, what it means to have them in your life. So, yes, F family, except she didn't say F. He didn't say F. He used the expletive, F family. That was his stance on this with this big show they're doing right now, this big tranny drag show they're doing. So lest you believe this is the agenda that they're trying to promote right now, all you got to do is look at the quotations from this Ms. Cracker tranny right there. I think we have an opportunity to kick down traditional family values. The way of thinking about family is old and tired, and we need to reinvent it. F family. All right. Well, we have somebody here that has a huge platform now in this community. I looked up. I mean, apparently this is a big deal. It's a big TV show. It's like second season of it. It's all over Netflix. Speaking of that, like Dad just said. And they're huge, 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 huge promotion of this now. They're blatantly saying that the nuclear family is obsolete. It needs to be dissolved, that there's no reason whatsoever that families need to be together. And it's all about the friends that support your lifestyle. That's what they're talking about. And then you sit there and you go, wow, is this really happening right now in the United States? And the answer is 100% yes. It's happening right now in the United States. And you wonder why Netflix is promoting this stuff on a regular basis. You absolutely figure it out. Vanguard owns $10.1 billion of shares of Netflix. BlackRock owns $8 billion in shares of Netflix. State Street owns $4.7 billion of shares of Netflix. Lest you believe they're the ones that are controlling the strings, they are. And so that's why I've told you it is so crucial. This is my opinion. I encourage people to do the same. Try to support the best you can local or at least family-owned online businesses. And I thank you for the support of Health Masters. And there's other companies that are getting the truth or selling certain products or certain some items. It is so important that we continue to support family businesses that are continuing to get the truth out there. Because I'll tell you right now, we constantly are getting attacked all the time, constantly getting emails, constantly getting blowback. Don't care, neither does dad. Because we're past the point of concern about people's feelings when they're involved in perversion. It's just a fact of life. You know, Jesus, when he walked into the temple and the money changers were doing unjust scales, I mean, they were perverting the, 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 the weights on the scales. We saw this at the Bible Museum when we were up in D.C. Very interesting, by the way, if you ever get to go there. And they had unjust scales, and they had turned the temple into basically a flea market. It was a big market, big party, big market, selling stuff, ripping people off, exchanging money. The money changers were ripping people off. And he didn't walk in there and say, uh, excuse me, excuse me, guys. I don't, I don't want to offend anybody, but could, could we, could we stop this here? This is, this is my father's temple. This is. They didn't say that. He walked in, boisterous, screaming, whipping them. This, this time and age, that would be considered battery, in my opinion. I'm pretty sure that would be in any other time. He said, "Don't care. You're blaspheming God Almighty. You've turned this temple into a den of iniquity." doesn't matter. I do not care on what your beliefs or laws are. You're insulting God Almighty, my father. And he went through and flipped the tables on him and flipped all the stuff open and drove them out. 
that shows you his resolve when you have individuals that are directly disrespecting God Almighty. Jesus never sinned. Remember that. So what he did was in righteous anger. When you start having people that are directly coming against you and your family's Christian beliefs, when they're directly insulting you and your family and your children, when they're directly insulting God Almighty and they're making comments like this, is this really companies you want to continue to give copious amounts of money to and support on an ongoing basis, just like Disney, just right. like a lot of these other companies that are on the market? Starbucks has been the same. You guys know I'm, I hate Starbucks. I can't stand them. All their stuff they back, and you can look up who owns them. It goes on. I could sit here at the show all day and list you the same shareholders that own all of them. You guys already get the point. You can do it yourself. So do research. If you're going to a local coffee shop to study or get free internet or have a have a you know a study team, which I do all the time in college, go to a local local coffee shop if you want to go there. You know, and hang out there and you know, buy a pastry or something to support them. I'm not a big fan of coffees. It raises cortisol too much, but that's your choice. If you're wanting to buy and you're already buying toothpaste and supplements, instead of going and buying the cheapo bozo Chinese stuff from Walmart, give us a call up at Health Masters and we'll get you set up with some of the highest quality supplements that will actually change how you feel. You're not going to have to take 10 of them to feel nothing still. You can take one of them and get effective results. We're doing the best we can here to continue to keep up the fight and be boisterous because – an open free speech platform is absolutely crucial to maintaining not only a republic, but also it's important to maintaining Christian values. Because when you start having people say, well, you can't say this because it's offensive, and you can't talk about this group of people because it's offensive, well, and you can't talk about this group either because they may get mad. You can talk about these topics. You can talk about the Democrats and Republicans. You can talk about them all you want. You can go back and forth and banter back and forth, but you can't talk about who's running the show. You can't talk about the companies that are behind the scenes. You can't talk about the groups of people that are involved with the synagogue of Satan that Jesus called out. You can't talk about any of that. I mean, you definitely can't talk about the trannies. That's, that's an agenda that's completely off topic. Why? Because those are the topics that they're most concerned about. And Dad called it out exactly with these algorithms. I've looked at this stuff. I've personally seen these data algorithms in some of these cases. They will give you a statistical percentage, a statistical probability of when a certain group of individuals are on social media, when they will accept certain items, what they will be more keen to, what they will look at more, what they will be more acceptance of, what they're more interested in. The algorithm on social media are mind-blowing if you ever have the ability to see even a small metrics of them. It is insanity how detailed they are, and it will go into everything. The percentage of what type of sexual ads you can post, how many views they're going to get, how many clicks they're going to get, the probability of how many people are going to reshare them, and the list goes on the line. So dad's 100% right. What they do with all this stuff is they continue to build data, data logs and algorithms to see how many people are going to go along with accepting this. That's why – they do so much they can with suppressing free speech on social media. I mean, Twitter, I mean, now I saw the other day, another article came out from another data dump from them. Now we find out that the FBI had thousands of emails between Twitter executives sending the FBI was sending Twitter list of Twitter accounts that needed to be blocked and banned because they said it was violating some type of national security clause code that they put in there under the Patriot Act and a majority of the pages weren't violating anything. They were literally talking about open topics and free speech. The FBI was sending Twitter <laughs> accounts that they had to block and ban. 
I mean, do you understand the collusion and how much control you see here in the social media platforms with the government, with the NSA, with the FBI, with DHS? They're all interlocked and working together. That's why I said if you are going to use social media, use it at least as an open platform, loudmouth tool to hashtag certain topics and blow them up there and continue to get other people talking about stuff and trending the best you can. Even though it's very difficult because they'll blacklist stuff, throw it out there. Let them realize that there's still not a zero percentage that's bringing this up, that we're still here, we're going to be vocal, and we're not going to continually go along quietly while they pretend that nothing's happening. I saw that article the other day somebody sent me uh, last night from the press secretary, the absolute blithering idiot press secretary we have that's there to insult the American populace. Nobody's figured that out now. She's there to insult the United States and gaslight everybody at the highest example. She blatantly goes out and she goes, uh, the fact that Title 42 is being removed does not mean the border is open. We know smugglers are trying to spread misinformation and take misinformation to a whole new level. Anyone suggests that the border is open otherwise is simply doing the work of the smugglers and spreading misinformation, which is very dangerous. Literally lying to everybody at the press secretary podium. The border's not open. It's nothing to see here. Title 42 is not opening anything up. Nothing's happening at all. Don't worry about it. Go back to sleep. Watch your TV show. Be quiet. Eat your MSG. <laughs> Can't make this up. My friends, keep getting the truth out there. Keep standing firm in your faith. I really support all of our customers. I thank you for our customer support and our listener support. If y'all need anything, 1-800-726-1834, healthmasters.com. Use the seven days coupon, seven D-A-Y-S coupon on the Melatonin Sublingual for 10% off today for one day only. Tomorrow we'll have another product that will be going on sale for one day. Be sure to check it out at the website at healthmasters.com. Keep getting the truth out there. Keep standing up for what you believe. We can't do this by ourselves, but in aggregate, we can all do this together. The more people talk and the more people are vocal about what's happening right now. And also, too, vote with your dollar. I said it 100 times, and I say it again. Vote with your dollar. I appreciate your support, my friends. Have a blessed, safe, awesome night. I'll talk to you again on this show tomorrow, as always. <laughs>